This is Ash of Voices, I'm J.D. Gray. If you've ever yelled, can you hear me, into a teleconference line, this episode might be for you. Right now, most of us are shifting social and professional interactions to an online setting, and today's guests say that can be difficult on our voices. First, speech-language pathologist Ginny Lee Diaz shares tips for how to keep your voice and the voice of your clients healthy during this time. Something I tell my patients all the time is to think of the voice sort of as a limited resource, just in the way that you would make withdrawals from the bank. You know, there are only so many withdrawals you can make from your voice during the day until you start to experience some issue with it. Then we speak to SLP Elizabeth Banizak. She guides me through a series of simple voice exercises you can use or teach to clients to keep their voices fresh. Because these exercises can be performed with a straw and a cup of water, she says some people refer to them as water aerobics for the voice. I'm J.D. Gray, and this is Asha Voices. Support for Asha Voices comes from CSUN. Empower those in need by earning your Master of Science in Assistive Technology from California State University, Northridge. With two programs to choose from, CSUN will help you achieve success. From telepractice to social commitments, we're seeing our colleagues, families, and friends in a virtual world. And today's guest says that can take a toll on our voices. Ginny Lee Diaz is a speech-language pathologist and voice specialist at the University of Miami. Like many of us, she's spending a large portion of her workday online. And she says this puts strain on her voice. I caught up with Diaz to discuss how working from home can lead to vocal strain. And she shares some tips to protect your voice. With the pandemic, our routines have completely changed, and we're starting to experience a sudden increased demand on our voices, and that can be through telepractice or online uh, video conferencing with our colleagues. And beyond just using the computer, it can also be caring for children or family members in the home, trying to stay connected with family and friends via, you know, any online platforms. We're seeing this sudden increase in needing to use our voices even more so to stay connected. I know that sometimes I spend the workday doing interviews and then having meetings. And then in the evening, I'm talking to my friends and family and and staying updated. So it is. It's kind of a constant in our life now, it seems like. Absolutely. And, you know, we can start to experience other problems depending on the environment that we're in, maybe a suboptimal voice environment, or if we're having to compensate for not having that person sort of face-to-face. When we're not face-to-face with the person we're speaking with, we may lose some of the visual cues that we get from that other person. So we might have to maybe rely on our voices to speak a little bit louder or a little bit maybe more harshly. I can understand that. So even though we see the person, maybe there's a bit of a disconnect between how far away they actually are from their speaker or how loud we need to speak for them to hear us? Absolutely. And, you know, I like to think about this in terms of like the Bluetooth effect in our cars. We tend to think that that person is further away and that we have to increase our loudness to be able to be heard. And in some cases, that is absolutely the case. So what are some of the effects of this vocal strain that are are showing up in people's lives? Uh, You mean as far as the symptoms? Yeah, the symptoms and the signs that maybe people are putting a little too much on their voice. Sure. So I would say some of the common symptoms are changes to the sound of the voice. You know, the voice can become a little bit more hoarse or raspy or breathy. You might also notice that you can't access certain parts of your speaking or singing range. And you might have some discomfort with speaking. You might feel some neck tension, maybe some pain, a feeling of soreness. And a lot of people describe their voices as tired. You might feel that by the end of the day, the voice sort of gives out on you or you don't have as much stamina or power. I understand you're a singer. I am. 
So have you noticed this strain in your performances? So I'm not performing now, but absolutely, you know, even in just singing in the home for fun right now, I can't really access my upper range as I used to in the past. That, that was actually one of the main things that made me realize that I was straining my voice to speak via telepractice. Is there a way you could demonstrate where this shows up in your singing? Sure. So I'll do a gentle pitch glide on the sound E so you can really hear how at the top of my range, my voice just cuts out on me. So if you notice, my voice at the upper range just becomes very, you know, breathy. And we call that a voice break. Wow. Yeah, you can hear it just right at the moment. So there are things we can do to make this easier. I mean, there are places that this is already a part of the daily life. I think of like a call center. And when I picture a call center, there are you know, rows of folks in headsets. Is there technology, microphones, things people can do to take some of the pressure off? Absolutely. So, you know, I think about this in terms of three different domains. And one of the domains is the environment and the equipment. And so as far as equipment goes, using some kind of microphone, whether it's, you know, a USB mic or a standing mic or a headset that has a built-in mic can be so incredibly useful This can help you hear your client or your patient and as well as help you hear yourself. And also, I think having the microphone in front of you serves as a great external cue so that you remember that you don't need to speak too loudly. So you've covered the equipment domain. What else can people do to protect their voices? Sure. So one of the other domains I think about is going back to the basics of vocal hygiene. And vocal hygiene is a term to describe some general recommendations for keeping your vocal cords healthy. Things like staying hydrated throughout the day, drinking hydrating fluids, avoiding irritants such as alcohol and smoking. Also avoiding excessive or harsh throat clearing or coughing as much as you can. And, you know, if you have a history of allergies or reflux, just making sure that those things are being managed. One of the big things I think about is just being mindful and monitoring how you use your voice throughout the day. You know, avoid speaking loudly, avoid speaking in a higher pitch as well uh, than you're usually comfortable. And speaking in general should feel easy and not like you're having to strain to get your voice out. And there's one more domain. What's the other thing people can do to protect their voices? So the third domain would be vocal pacing. And something I tell my patients all the time is to think of the voice sort of as a limited resource, just in the way that you would make withdrawals from the bank. You know, there are only so many withdrawals you can make from your voice during the day until you start to experience some issue with it. If you have, let's say, a lot of patients scheduled on telepractice that day, maybe you decide to try to keep speaking to a minimum throughout the rest of the day. You can also, if you have you know, access to your schedule or you can create your schedule, then maybe scheduling a little bit of time in between your patients to take those breaks in your voice to, to really reset in a way would be very helpful. And then if you're familiar with any gentle voicing exercises such as humming or something called strophonation, this is something you can do between patients or as a warm-up to start the day or as a way to cool down after you've been speaking for a while. There are many resources on uh, these exercises, and they're called semi-occluded vocal tract exercises that can be helpful for clinicians and even non-clinicians to really sort of reset the voice and take some of the load off of the strain that we've been putting on it throughout the day. You said that you know there's some strain on your voice. How is it doing now? Have you been able to uh, recover some of it? Yeah, so I've definitely been practicing what I preach, so to speak, drinking a lot of water, taking those breaks in between patients and making sure that, you know, if I have a heavy day with online conferencing or telepractice, that I'm taking it easy on my voice in the evenings. 
And I just find myself being more mindful of my own voice as I'm speaking into the computer or speaking into the microphone. One other trick that I love, and this is sort of like a an old school trick, is to put a little sticky note that says, be careful with your voice. And so that's something I'm constantly thinking about and it's on my wall and I have it right in front of me. So when I'm with patients, I'm mindful to not overuse my voice or or strain it. That's wonderful. Good tips for everybody. Any final thoughts? So I would say that if you're experiencing a voice problem for more than two weeks, it might not be a bad idea to get that checked out, you know, to have a video stroboscopic examination done because there may be something else that's going on beyond just the regular vocal fatigue with increased voice use. Ginny Lee Diaz, she's an SLP and a voice specialist at the University of Miami. Ginny Lee, thank you. Thank you. You can find more telepractice resources at asha.org. If you are a listener in need of voice services from an SLP, I recommend going to asha.org profind. From there, you'll be able to locate a certified professional in your area. If you are an ASHA certified SLP, you might consider joining ASHA Profind to connect with those in need of your services. Also, look for more from Ginny Lee Diaz in the August-September issue of the ASHA Leader magazine. Support for ASHA Voices comes from CSUN, advanced in the field of assistive technology with one of CSUN's two-year online MS degrees. Through the Assistive Technology Engineering Program, you will learn to design and develop new AT products. With the Assistive Technology and Human Services Program, you will prepare for a career focused on enhancing the lives of those who rely on AT devices. You just heard Ginny Lee Diaz mention a specific type of vocal exercise you can do to keep your voice fresh during the day, semi-occluded vocal tract exercises. These gentle vocal exercises can help reset someone's voice throughout the day. Some may know these exercises well, but for those who are hearing about them for the first time or want to learn more, I've invited Elizabeth Bandazak from Mass Eye and Ear onto the show to guide me through some exercises. She begins with an exercise that requires simple tools, a straw and a glass of water. So we're going to start with straw bubbling first. So you're going to take your straw and you're going to put it about one to two inches into the water. You don't want it much deeper than that because then you'll get too much pressure where it'll it'll be hard to hum against all that pressure. So I'm just going to demonstrate first what it'll sound like. So you're humming and blowing bubbles at the same time. You want the bubbles to be constant while you're using voice. And while you're doing this, you want to feel for some vibrations on your lips and the straw. You want to feel like your voice is really coming out into the straw and into the bubbles instead of getting caught in the back of your throat. So you start simple just with a comfortable pitch like that. And then you might go into some simple pitch glides like this. And then you can even do larger pitch glides. And the idea is while you're doing those, um, when you get up into those higher pitches, you don't want to get these huge volcanoes and bubbles coming up at your face. You want to keep the bubbles relatively controlled throughout the entire pitch range. You don't have to be a singer to do these exercises, um, but it is helpful to stretch your vocal folds into those higher and lower pitch ranges. And obviously you can do that same exercise with any song. So if you are a singer and you want to get more creative, pick whatever song you want and just try humming it into the bubbles. 
I remember doing this as a kid. I was told not to in the restaurants. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but this can be kind of fun. Yeah. It, it, most patients find it really fun when I first explain it to them. And actually, most people say the same thing, that they were told not to do it. And yet here we are. It's good for your voice. <laughs> and if we can get through that without getting water on our keyboard, what's the second exercise? So the second one would be to do the same thing, but without the cup of water. So the idea behind semi-occluded vocal tract exercises is that there's a semi-occlusion at the front of your vocal tract or your lips that's causing a kickback of pressure. When you're doing it into the bubbles, it helps because you're getting even more pressure kickback from the water, but also it's a good visual feedback to show you that you're having constant breath flow while you're using your voice. Um, You always want breath flow happening while you're using your voice because breath is what powers the vocal folds to vibrate. So The other version of this is just to take away the cup of water and just to hum into the straw because you're still getting that semi-occlusion. So same idea like this. Now it's even more important to pay attention to those vibrations, to really feel the vibrations on your lips and or the straw and feel like your voice is going outward towards the front of your face as opposed to kind of getting caught in the back. So this would be what it would sound like if it's getting caught back in the throat. And it's just the sensation that the voice is really flowing out through the straw. And then you keep going through all the exercises like we did before. And so with both of these exercises, what is happening that is helping the voice? It's that back pressure effect. So when you're humming into something that's smaller at the front of your vocal tract, so semi-occluded, so a straw is semi-occluding your vocal tract, it's causing a kickback of pressure through the vocal tract and on top of the vocal folds. We always have pressure from below the vocal folds because air from the lungs is building up underneath the vocal folds to set them into vibration. Now we get this pressure kickback on top of them, which causes pressure equalization, and it means that the vocal folds are going to vibrate easier and with less collision force on the edges. So it's some people refer to it as like doing water aerobics for the voice. I understand you have another semi-occluded vocal tract exercise. What is that? Yeah, so if you don't have a straw or a cup of water, you know, there's other semi-occluded vocal tract exercises you can do without any props at all. So one of those would be lip trills. So um, sometimes it takes people a little while to figure out the coordination of the lips and the breath for these, but I'm just going to demonstrate it first. So similarly to all the other exercises we've been doing, you know, you start out with a comfortable pitch and then maybe you'll do some pitch glides. And basically, I have plenty of breath support. So do you want to give this exercise a try? Yeah, sure. I'll give it a shot. I'm not sure I'll be able to do this one on the first try, but I'll give it a shot. Okay. So I take my breath and I just kind of blow and let my lips kind of flap a little. Is that the goal here? Hey, that's pretty close. Now, uh, sometimes people find it helpful to kind of put their pointer fingers at the corners of their mouth, slightly pushing the corners towards each other just to help with that lip coordination. And also, uh, yours sounded great. It sounded like you had the flappy lips going, but I needed a little more voice. Yours sounded more like this, and there's not much voice behind it. See if you can add voice to it. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I could really feel my voice coming through my my lips in that way. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, maybe I'll try to do it again and add, uh, try to move my pitch a little bit. I'll give it one more shot. That would be great. A little pitch glide. I could feel that. Wow, you really, I could really feel in control of my voice doing that. Yeah, again, feeling like that voice is coming out the front of your face. And in order to do a good lip trail, you have to have good respiratory support. So that's really important for having um, a healthy voice and using your voice correctly is to have good breath support. And this exercise you can't do without good breath support. Liz, this is wonderful. I'm wondering, have you been spending a lot more time on teleconference calls, Zoom meetings, WebEx, these types of things? Yeah, definitely. This has exploded for me right now. Um, I'm only seeing patients currently over teletherapy. um, And just all of our meetings are via Zoom, some phone calls. um, So pretty much my entire work life and personal life, because then Zooming uh, with friends happens, you know, a couple times a week. So all of my personal life and work life is now online and on these video and phone conferencing apps. I feel like I've been able to connect with a lot of people that maybe I wouldn't talk to quite as often at times. But I guess we don't want to let that happen at the expense of our voice. Right. Yeah. And that's something to really pay attention to, you know, maybe implementing some of these exercises because it's really easy to fall into the trap of one, you know, speaking too loud when you're on these calls, speaking in a inefficient register, like using vocal fry or speaking too high pitched. It's easy to fall into those traps. So having some awareness can really help you maintain the longevity of your voice. Elizabeth Banizak, she's a speech language pathologist with Mass Eye and Ear. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Do you have more questions about how to proceed with services during the COVID-19 pandemic? Go to ASHA.org and look for the COVID-19 updates banner. From there, you can find setting-specific resources. We'll also share a link to those resources on the blog post for this episode. You can find that at leader.pubs.asha.org. ASHA Voices is produced by the American Speech-Language Hearing Association and comes from the team behind the ASHA Leader magazine. Support for ASHA Voices comes from CSUN, now accepting applications for spring 2021. Go to go.csun.edu for more information. Production assistance for ASHA Voices comes from Pamela Lawrence. I'm J.D. Gray, and this is ASHA Voices. <laughs>